Welcome back to LPD Cast. I'm your host, Eloy Garcia, and today's guest is Skylar Parker. She graduated from Northern Arizona University with two bachelor's degrees, the first in psychological sciences and the second in criminology and criminal justice. Skylar is currently pursuing a master's degree in clinical mental health counseling at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. Thank you for being here, Skylar. How are you? I'm doing great. How are y'all? I'm well, thank you. We met on a panel for Dr. Josh Fredenberg from the Circle of Change Leadership Conference. Can you tell me how you became involved with COCLC? Absolutely. So I attended the conference last November, right before I graduated. It was an absolutely amazing, amazing experience. This year I know they're going virtual, which is very unfortunate, but hopefully I'm going to be a part of that. I've been helping out this past summer. I'm working with Josh, who is the founder, and we've just been working together, planning. It's been great. Um, I'm so lucky to have the opportunity, and anyone who is a first-generation student should definitely check it out. I agree. After attending, I had the opportunity to be a campus ambassador. Is that something that you did also? I did not, but it's definitely something I'm looking into moving forward and now in my graduate program. That's wonderful. And speaking about your graduate program, can you talk to us about where your higher education journey began? Yeah, I started at Northern Arizona University August of 2017. I started as a psychological science major um, and actually graduated with psychological science major. But that was my first major that I started with. I actually had a rough patch my first semester of college. It was very difficult, you know, adjusting, being away from home, being a first generation student. There was a lot of new things for me. And I actually ended up failing two classes. I'm going to be very transparent with everyone. But, you know, and that was really my down point. But I picked myself back up and I kept going. Um, I added a second major in criminology and criminal justice, so I'm super proud of. And I actually graduated in three years instead of four. So that is probably one of my biggest accomplishments. So my shout out to people is if you ever get down or if you ever feel discouraged, just always keep going no matter what. That's really, really important to remember. And now I am currently getting my master's degree at University of Nevada, Las Vegas. My master's is in clinical mental health counseling. I am super, super excited to be here. Um, and I should, if I stay on track, I will graduate by spring of 2022. That's really exciting. Congratulations on all of your accomplishments. Thank you. And thank you for being candid about your struggle in that first semester, that first year that you had, I think a lot of first-generation students can attest to how difficult it is your first semester or your first year because of how new the experience is. Can you share a little bit more about how you bounced back? Yeah, for sure. So it was really hard. I want to say it honestly took me about six months to bounce back because I got really discouraged. I was like, well, is college really for me? Like, maybe I'm not cut out for this. And, you know, I had a lot of those self-doubts. Um, and so really being able to work through that with myself, saying, why am I here? Who am I doing this for? And really pinpointing those important factors and those important things to keep in mind really was what kept me going. And was there anyone around you that you leaned on or relied on during that time? 
I would definitely say my family. They were super, super supportive. They were just like, do what you need to do. Like, we're going to support you regardless of your decision. But at the end of the day, it was me who decided to keep going. At the end of the day, I really would suggest to people like, this is your journey. This is no one else's journey. Do what feels right for you. Um, you know, in my mentorship experiences that I've had with people, I tell them, if you need to take a break, like if this is not the direction you want to go in, that's totally okay. Like, don't feel bad about doing that. But I definitely knew that this was what I wanted. I wanted my degree and I kept going. So I'm really, really proud of myself for that. I am as well. And I'm sure your family is also. Yes, for sure. Thank you. For first generation students that are feeling that pressure in their first year and for some reason feel like they can't or shouldn't share with their parents, how was it for you having that conversation? For me, we, I have always been super, super open with my family. But for those of you who don't really have that, you know, connection or that openness, I would say just be honest. Just be like, hey, this is where I'm at right now. And this is what I plan to do. And, you know, sometimes there are always going to be those situations where families aren't supportive. Um, but at the end of the day, you have to come to your own conclusion while, of course, still taking into consideration your family. Um, but really, this is about you and really just explain to them, hey, like, if I need to take time off, this is what I need to do. Or if I want to keep going, like, will you guys please support me? Really asking for help where you need it. Thank you. It sounds like if we don't have that relationship developed yet, that we can be or should be the ones to start it. Absolutely. So throughout your journey in higher education, throughout your accomplishments and your headaches as well, I'm sure we've had a few throughout the process. <laughs> Just a few. <laughs> what is your philosophy on leadership and how do you live out that philosophy? Leadership to me is the foundation of success. Um, leadership is really built off of personal growth, determination, and motivation. To be a leader to me really means caring about other success more than your own. That is definitely one of my biggest philosophies. And the leader is someone who really challenges and pushes others to their full potentials. Personally, my leadership style really stems from caring about the individual and nurturing their growth. Um, I've been in many leadership positions. I really think that's what I focus on throughout the entire time of being a mentor. And I really encourage other leaders and other professionals to really prioritize others' wants, needs, and aspirations before their own. It's really essential that leaders cherish people for who they are rather than who they want them to be, um, because this is their story, and that's really what I and focus on this isn't my story like this is yours so I really want to nurture that personal growth and I have been able to live out my philosophy through many different platforms I will go into my leadership experience just a little bit but my leadership experience really started in high school for me I was a marching band I was kind of a nerd um, back when but I became section leader um, I played alto sax so I became section leader in my sophomore year of high school and I was section leader through my senior year, so for three years. And then I also became president for two years. So I, that was really, really what started me wanting to help others fulfill their potential or, or set an example for others. And I was also in high school really, really fortunate to be secretary and president of the Red Kettle Club, um, which was a volunteer group for um, the Salvation Army. 
So that was really cool. So that was really awesome. Um, that was really what also started my passion for helping people um, because we would always, you know, make lunches for the homeless and do stuff like that. So that was really where my like selflessness and wanting to put a smile on someone else's face. So yeah, so in high school, I had no idea that that would be the foundation for the rest of my life. But moving forward, when I went to Northern Arizona University, I was really able to perfect my leadership skills. My sophomore year, I was able to be a residential college ambassador, which was being an academic mentor. That was really awesome. So I was helping, you know, students with their studies, making sure that they were staying on track to graduate and providing really a constant support system for those students. Um, and we also provided that support to freshman students who also are first gen. So that was really where that came from. Um, and then my last year at NAU, I was also a resident assistant. I worked in the dorms providing support and encouragement to my residents. Um, so that was really awesome. I had a great experience there. Um, and I really saw the difference that I made. Um, and I'm so, so thankful that I had that opportunity um, to set an example for my community. Lastly, this summer, um, I was able to work with first generation students through a program called Upward Bound. And that was honestly really different for me because we were all virtual. And you know, I was really someone that these students in high school looked up to. They were like, I don't know if I want to go to college. Like, what's it like asking me all these questions? And you know, this program, there was a lot of minority students and we had a lot of um, Native American students who lived on the reservation. And so that was so impactful because I got to learn about their lifestyle and I really got to learn from them. And so I really think taking the mind of a leader saying, I want to learn from my mentees and what am I going to get out of this is really important. Thank you so much, Skylar. All of that leadership is so impressive. That's awesome. Thank you. You mentioned two things that I'd like to talk about a little more. The first is, it seems like you thrive in a mentor role. Do you have any mentors that you've learned from? Yes. Oh, great, great question. Um, so my freshman year of college, I had a mentor um, who was in the same academic position that I was in my sophomore year. And she was really the one who kept pushing me even when I wanted to give up. And so I think that's where my mentorship started. I was like, oh, wow, this is really awesome. I have someone who's pushing me to lengths that I didn't even know that I could be pushed. Um, so she really, really helped me and she's an amazing person. I would also say I've had all of my advisors and supervisors have also really, really helped me and helped me plan. And they really showed me the way to the pathway to get to where I wanted. I'm very, very thankful for all of them. As for first-generation mentorship, um, I was in a first-generation program, the TRIO program at NIU, um, and Kevin Chase really, really just changed my mindset towards first generation students um, and he just provided me the pathways on to how to you know fund graduate school or just all the key things because you know as a first generation student school is very pricey so it's very very nice to have those mentors to guide me and show me the ropes the second topic that i want to elaborate a little more on is the importance of former first-generation students mentoring first-generation students. How important is it for former first-generation students to be the ones to mentor current first-generation students? I think that is extremely, extremely important just because as a first-generation student, it's different. Like going through college is different. No one in your family has done it before. You don't know what to expect. 
And so I really think having a mentor who was also going through that, there's this sort of connection that you have between both individuals. And it makes it easier to relate, to empathize. And I'm not saying that other people who aren't first-generation students can't mentor first-generation students. Um, they totally can, but I think there's this different natural connection that happens between a first-generation student and a first-generation student, um, and it makes it very easy to relate to one another. Thank you, and yes, I'm not asking this question to denigrate or to assume that there is a higher quality in one or the other, right? But there are, like you're saying, certain experiences, a lot of experiences that resonate and that we understand because we've lived them, we are currently lived them, we know what they feel like, what they sound like, what they smell like. So I agree with you that it's really important for former first-gen students to take a mentorship and a leadership role and help first-gen students to go through the process of higher education, which can be confusing. For sure. How do your intersecting identities influence your leadership style? So I believe my intersecting identities make me extremely open-minded. I love everyone as they come, and I really cherish those who feel comfortable to be themselves around me. You know, being a half-white and half-black, you know, woman of color um, in our society is awesome. Like, I love it. Like, I'm so proud to be who I am, and I want others to be proud to be who they are. I help and I really support someone regardless of their background, their ethnicity, their religion, their sexual orientation, etc. And I really truly love everyone as they come. That's wonderful. Thank you. What skill do you value most in a leader? Hmm. I would say that I really value most someone who is genuine. I have met so many people who are not genuine as, you know, a leader or as a professional. And it's really hard. Like, I'm like, I don't know why you're in this profession if you're not genuine. Um, So I would definitely say being genuine, being open-minded, being determined, and really being people-oriented. Yeah, I've just, I've met many leaders that really care about power or like a title. And that's not what this is about. Um, And going back to what I was saying earlier, leadership is really about the mentee and not the mentor. Um, I value leadership who is true and empathetic and, you know, doesn't make the mentee feel bad when asking for help. It sounds like your leadership style or one of your leadership styles is service leadership. Yes. Why is service leadership important to you? I think service leadership leadership is really important just because I feel like I was born to serve others. I don't know. Like, I just feel like we all have our own struggles and we all have our own challenges and to make someone's life easier or even not even to make someone's life easier, even to put a smile on someone's face at the end of the day just means so much to me. I think I really saw this come out in myself, this passion. Last year, I worked at a women's and children's domestic violence shelter and for battered women. And I was just like, I want to put a smile on all these people's faces because they are going through it and I cannot fix their problems. But at the end of the day, I can make, even if it's just a minute of their day or of their time better than reality, like I would love to do that. So that was really where it started. And I just love serving people. 
you're awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I, yeah, it's to think about it because I'm really, really passionate about service leadership as well. And I also think that to be of service is a blessing, really going to the communities that need it the most and that are hurting the most and making their life better mm -hmm. is like the tea, I think. Absolutely. I totally agree. And I think at the end of the day, it just makes you feel so blessed and so just thankful for just to wake up every morning and you know have food or have a family that loves you and xyz all the things um but yeah it just makes you feel really really thankful at the end of the day because sometimes we wake up and take things for granted so i really think it makes me think that i'm trying to make a difference and that i am making a difference and making a change in my community today's episode of lpd cast was sponsored by insanity checked with dr anita where we ask the question, is this crazy or is it just me? You can find our conversations on YouTube. Search Dr. Anita PhD. We'll see you there. Skylar, what is a skill, habit, or resource that contributed to your leadership and professional development? I would say a skill is never given up. I've wanted to give up so many times, but I'm really thankful that I did it. Um, and you know, at times life gets hard and it gets challenging, but really having the ability to pick yourself up when like you're at your lowest point is really, really crucial because no one else is going, like people can help you and you can be provided with all the resources, but at the end of the day, it's you who makes that decision to keep going. I and mean, I think that's really, really important for people to have. Um, I think if I didn't have that skill, I would not be where I am today. I've had those moments as well where I really want to throw in the towel when I really say, I'm not doing this again. I'm not going to enroll next semester. Like I'm not going to do it. And in those moments, I, I'm blessed and I'm fortunate to have people that I can rely on and people that I can, now we call it blowing off steam because that's, that's what it is. The importance of having that support system for me is that they don't use it against me later or they don't say, hey, remember when you said this? You know, they let it be what it is and then it allows the whole situation to move forward because I'm out of my feelings. Mm -hmm. You know, like the next day, like you're saying, I, I think about it and I know, oh no, my goals are, big and this is a this is going to be a marathon not a sprint so i agree with you that it really is our own reasoning and our purpose and reminding ourselves of our purpose so like yeah you know you're tired and this is difficult but you know you're gonna do it right. <laughs> like you know you're gonna get back in there do you have a support system in those times how do you process those moments uh, yeah, processing those moments are difficult for me because I'm like, man, life sucks right now. And I think being able to say life sucks right now, but it's going to get better is really, really important because like you were talking about, you know, also surrounding yourself with people who you can vent to or surrounding yourself with people who listen is really important because I've had situations in the past where I couldn't do that. And I just felt so suffocated. I was like, I cannot be me. Like I can't be who I am. And just being transparent with people, that is what is really, really important to me. Being transparent. There are so many people who are like, I'm the greatest, but I know you're not okay on the inside. And that's okay. It's okay. But you need to have those, those raw conversations of saying, hey, I'm not okay right now. 
and that's okay. And what can I do to help you? You know what I'm saying? So really being able to have that transparency when need be is also really important. So surrounding yourself with people who you can be like, hey, I'm just not okay right now. Do you just want to like hang out? Or like, do you just want to talk about our feelings? Um, because I think that's really, really important. I agree. If you don't get it out, it'll grow. And those feelings should not be festering within us and should not be given space to grow. Absolutely not. So Skylar, what is a skill, habit, or resource that you recommend for first-generation students? Kind of like what I've been saying, just never give up and use the resources that your community provides you. You know, like get involved, like create your own support system, whether that's at school, whether that's just friends at your job, um, friends in your neighborhood, just, just really creating a raw community of supporters for yourself. I just think being able to just have that support system or, you know, find, get involved in clubs or get involved in organizations because as a first generation student going to college, you don't have those connections automatically. You have to start from scratch. So really being able to get involved at, either in a first generation club, um, at a job or, you know, in a, in Greek life, anything, anything helps. So it sounds like you're recommending first-gen students to become involved so that they can establish relationships and build their network. Absolutely. What habits constitute professionalism? I would say being organized and being driven. I think drive kind of says it all because anyone can be organized. You can tell yourself, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be organized, but I really think drive is the foundation you know, to your success, which is really, really important. And for me, I just think also being professional, you got to be on top of your stuff. Like you got to know, you got to know your stuff. Um, so, you know, having drive, being organized, being able to put work before other things is really important, but it's also very good to be mindful of taking time for yourself. I don't, I don't want to preach, say, oh, you need to work hard 24 seven because that's really unhealthy too. You need to have that healthy um, work-life balance. Yeah, I think we are learning generation by generation more and more that working ourselves to the bone isn't, isn't good. It's not good for our mental health, our emotional health, and it depletes our quality of life as well as our family life. So I agree that learning balance is important. How has learning balance been for you? Learning balance has been real rough. If I'm being honest, <laughs> it's been real, real tough for me. I think I am the type of person who wants to be at the top constantly. I just want to just sit on a cliff and just exist there, be on the top. But really, I just think it's been really difficult for me ever since I decided to that I'm not going to stop until I reach my goals. It's been difficult to say, hey, I need some Skylar time. I need some me time. I'm going to say no to other people because I need to focus on myself right now and I need to breathe, whether that's going to the gym, whether that's cooking, whether that's taking a bath, something that really is about me to relax myself because I... I'm busy. Like I book myself from 9am to 9pm with no breaks. And that is not healthy. And I do not suggest that for anyone if I'm being completely transparent. I think sometimes my goals just like take over my mind. And I'm like, you need to accomplish X, Y, and Z. And until you accomplish X, Y, and Z, no break time. So whether that means 
having those five minutes a day where you just sit and you meditate or you just do some breathing exercises and ground yourself because I believe being grounded really, really helps with that stress or with that I'm busy all the time. Skylar, what motivates you and why? I would say the end goal really motivates me. Um, besides the end goal, I would really say my family. I'm doing this for myself, but I'm also doing this for them. Uh, my family means the world to me, and I am so, so thankful to have all of their support in my life. So I would really say having the satisfaction of saying, I completed this at the end of the day, and I'm really proud of myself. But I also, in that process, made my family proud at the same time. So I really, really think that at the end of the day, that's what motivates me. And, you know, I'm proud to be a first-generation student. I'm proud to be a woman of color getting a higher education. I'm proud to be all those things. And I'm very, very thankful that I had the opportunity. And what would you say to women of color pursuing higher education? I want to say keep following your dreams. I think people can get pushed down by others because of the color of their skin. Um, and, you know, that is something that we are seeing in our world today. And it is so, so unfortunate which I also don't understand because I'm one of those people who accepts everyone for who they are. And I don't think that the color of your skin should ever dictate how someone talks to you or treats you. It just doesn't make sense to me. Staying strong and really just being who you are is enough. Um, that's what I want to say to women of color, just because we can get discouraged because, you know, being a woman of color in higher education, you're not only a woman, but you're also a woman of color. But I am fortunate enough to go to a university where diversity is so encouraged. And I feel so welcomed here. And it feels so good, you know, just to see all the diversity, whether whether that's your ethnicity or your race or your religion, we, we take all walks of life, which is absolutely amazing to me. And I am so thankful, um, you know, to pursue my higher education at University of Nevada, Las Vegas. Some first-generation students may be apprehensive and feel like there isn't a lot of diversity in higher education. However, I'm studying at, a, at an HSI, a Hispanic-serving institution, and it sounds like your university is also very diverse. So what's a message that you can send to those first-gen students that think, oh, I'm going to go somewhere and I don't know if I'll be represented? I think that this is a fantastic question um, because I've actually experienced this you know so in my undergraduate degree it wasn't as diverse as you know it is here and that's totally okay because we need that diversity to cover all walks of life all university um, you know so I would say yeah you're going to run into that and yeah it's going to be kind of hard because you're not going to have a lot of people you know who relate to you or who come from the same background as you but that's totally okay because you're still going to make an impression on all of those people and they're going to be able to learn from you. And I think that is really what I love about all different communities is that you can learn regardless of the color of your skin or regardless of your background. You can still learn from someone and you can still make an impact on someone um, regardless of those things. So I would say still do it. If it's your dream school, those things don't matter. Um, you're still going to have experiences later in life with all different types of people. Um, so don't let that stop you. I agree. And I want to encourage our listeners to persevere, like you've been saying, through those things. And remember that 
remember your goals and those moments. Remember your personal goals, remember what you care about. And, and again, that this isn't someone else's education, this is your education. So don't let the people around you or those moments of lack of representation, whether it's a club or a group that you go to, deter you from being a leader in that space, right? From teaching people and from being a service leader. I agree with you that when we are the new person or the different person in a space, we provide a lot. And then after you leave that space, it is different and you have informed it. So thank you for that. Of course. Skylar, what projects or organizations are you a part of and which ones do you suggest? Absolutely. So right now I am partnering with, well, I'm doing actually, I'm completing my internship with the Be Kind People Project located in Arizona. They are an organization that really provides, we do, we work with elementary schools and middle schools to really make sure that kids are growing up in a kind and organized in a safe community. So we go in and we provide, you know, videos and we do talks and you know we do all those things working with these students and they learn how to be kind to one another they learn how to be fit they know know how to eat healthy all those types of things um so i am just very thankful that i got to you know do my summer internship with them this summer because i've learned so much and um, i've been working on surveys to make sure that these students you know are actually learning from our programs and are you know implementing things like this into their daily lives how to you know treat one another how to you know eat healthy and stuff like that so i was very very fortunate to be a part of that organization i am currently also working at the practice which is a on-campus mental health clinic I'm a graduate assistant there. I have absolutely loved it. Everyone is so, so friendly. I'm so, so fortunate to have that opportunity. And, you know, we provide services at a discounted price so that people can, you know, have an opportunity to come in and have therapy. And that's really, really important. That's something that I'm really passionate about is, you know, we all have our own struggles and being able to come in at the end of the day and, you know, just just have help and have assistance and have someone who listens to you is very important to me. So if you're part of this organization, being you, I know you're going to have a leadership role in it. So what types of leadership roles are you looking forward to having or are you in right now? Yeah, so currently right now, um, since it's my first semester, I'm working in the front desk. So doing all like billing, stuff like that, behind the scenes stuff. And then um, coming up, I'm actually going to be a clinician. That will be my practicum, you know, for serving my community. So I'm super, super excited about that. That'll be super fun. Um, I'll actually have clients and get to practice, which is where my passion really lies. And then currently I'm also starting to work with a group, um, a group therapy I'm co-facilitating. So I'm really excited about that. Um, so I'll be co-facilitating a group for individuals with severe mental illnesses. Um, and I'm just really, really excited because I believe no matter where you come from, no matter what you're dealing with, your voices need to be heard. And I cannot wait to hear their voices. That sounds great, Skylar. Congratulations on moving through your practicum. Thank you. So, Skylar, I have one last question for you. What is your dream job? 
What is my dream job? Wow, that's a that's a hefty question. Um, I would say I have so many dream jobs. I would say right now this is a lifelong plan. Um, so after I get my master's degree, I want to. Um, obviously, I'll be a licensed counselor and I'll probably practice for a few years. Um, and then I want to go on and get my PhD in clinical psychology. So then I'll be a licensed psychologist. I'll probably practice for like 10 years. So dream job there is being a psychologist working with trauma patients. So any type of trauma, whether that's PTSD, domestic violence, sexual assault, all that jazz, hefty things. Um, but you know, that's really where my passion lies. So that's really the dream job there. And then I wanna go on and be a professor to really help other students, you know, find their pathway of life and really encourage them to never give up, that you can follow your dreams just like I did. So that's, that's the whole goal. That's my dream job. Those sound really commendable. And by the way, you are going so far. I'm sure you're going to attend them all. I hope so. Hopefully you'll be on LPD Cast again to let us know how your progress is going. I would love to. That was my conversation with Skylar Parker. I hope you found value in our conversation and feel just as motivated as I do after listening to her story. I'm your host, Eloy Garcia. Tune in next time for another episode of LPD Cast. LPD Cast was created and is produced by me, Eloy Garcia. To find out more information about one of our guests or to be a guest yourself, you can email me at lpdcast at gmail.com. <laughs>